0: As we get ready to pray this morning, there's one person out here, kind of in the middle, right there. I want to say congratulations to John Sheely. He made it to 96. There he is. Thank you, John. That's right. And um, so, he gives us a model, a goal to, for us to live through. Some of you are getting closer. I talked to Jean Nelson this morning. She's chasing him. You know, she's 93, and we got some more that are in their 90s, and we got some that are at home that are like 98, and even more than 100. But you know, we have a goal there to keep living. Let's pray this morning about God teaching us about the purpose of our keeping on living. All right? So join me as we pray. Father, we are thankful. As we just sang, we are thankful for all that you've done for us. We're thankful that we have models of people who've lived lives faithfully in service to you, like John Sheely, that that helps us to understand the reality of, not just of the scriptures being things in a book, but something to be lived and lived out in a faithful manner. We pray for many who are traveling right now. We pray that as they travel, they would be safe, that you would keep them safe from harm because there are so many difficult circumstances out on the highways right now, people uh, in too big of a hurry. And we pray that you would help them who are traveling to be safe. We pray for those that are in the hospital right now, Um, who are dealing with different kinds of of things that uh, are physical things. And we know that you are able to be a provider uh, of those things according to your perfect will. And we pray for that. We pray for strength in our understanding of your word that we might incorporate it into our day-to-day living. We pray that we, we understand as we look into your word today that you would teach us how to make our life in an orderly kind of way, which will allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine out. It's because of the power of the love that we find in Jesus Christ that we know this is possible. And it's because of the teaching of your word, we know that's what you want. And so help us to, in our spirit, agree with you and submit ourselves to the way you're at work in our world and in our life. And we will give you praise and glory for that. And we will offer thanksgiving to the one who gave his life for us, Jesus Christ, who is our living Savior. Amen. When Pastor Joshua asked me if I could fill in for him today, I said no. But I told him, well, just because it was just one service today, I could do it. Next week, John's going to preach. He's got to preach both services. So he's young. He can do all that kind of stuff. Our text today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1 beginning in verse one, it's a familiar text to many, but it's one I think that we ought to look at. And so it begins this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was a life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a witness, there came a man from God whose name was John and he came to be a witness to those who testify about the light so that all might believe through him that he was, he was not the light but he came to testify about the light. There was a true light which comes into this world and it enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came into his own and those who were, those who were, uh, were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name and who were born not of blood of men or the will of the flesh, nor the will of a man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory glorious of the only begotten of of the Father. Full of grace and truth. And John testified about him and cried out and saying, "This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me was higher than higher rank than I, for he existed before me. for, the full in, for in his fullness we all have received, and grace we all have received grace upon grace." For the law was given through the through Moses, and grace and truth were received through Jesus Christ, and no one has seen God at any time, but only the begotten of the begotten God, who is with who is with Him, in the bosom of the Father, and He has explained Him. Now, there's a lot there, and uh, I want to be careful. With I'm covering, my cloth, I'm covering the cloth with my Bible right there. But we need, we need to have a perspective on who this Jesus Christ is. If we're going to successfully move into the year which we call 2019. Now when I was young I didn't think 2019 would ever be here. And 2020 certainly would not ever come. But it appears that unless the Lord returns very quickly that those things are going to happen. But John begins as the Holy Spirit was guiding him uh, by giving us an emphasis. And that emphasis comes from the very first verse in the Bible in Genesis 1-1. It says, in the beginning, God. And it goes on to say in the next part that God created the light. And so those two ideas are key ideas for John. Now if you don't do it now, but if you turn in your Bible to 1 John, the letter that is called 1 John, you'll see that John uses a very similar phrasing in the beginning of that letter. If you go to the book which we call the Revelation of John, and that first, after the first paragraph, the second paragraph or so, he gives this dynamic description of who Jesus is. It was important to the Holy Spirit to reveal to us through John the importance of the fact that God is the place where we begin. If we begin our life, if we begin our new year in the 2019 year, if we begin it in just as a humdrum kind of way, uh, there are still, I think, a very few people who make New Year's resolutions. They've discovered after many years that it doesn't make much good to do New Year's resolutions, does it? Why? How many weeks, how many days do they last? Uh... It would be good if you had stock in one of the the, uh, companies that does the health stuff, the the exercise rooms and all that stuff like that because next week they'll be filled with people who are making that New Year's resolution that they're going to get exercise. But we've we've discovered that, you know, New Year's resolutions are not so much, uh, important. But life change is important because the scripture teaches us that that the life that which, which God gives to us is important. Paul takes this first paragraph that John writes here and he gives another emphasis to it in the letter which we call Colossians. And in Colossians 1 Paul writes these things about Jesus. Uh, beginning in verse uh, 15 he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What do you think Paul's emphasis word was there? It was the word all, right? So in Jesus Christ, we, what we understand according to the teaching of scripture is that all things hold together in Jesus Christ. Now, all those hundreds of decades ago, I was a science major in college and I know what science people teach about these types of things. Um, I promise you, The devil hates Genesis 1. And and he has put into the hearts of people in our world today every other reason to not believe Genesis 1. But Jesus says, I am the light. Uh, In John, later on, he's going to say it that way. But in Matthew 5, he tells us something about us. In Matthew 5, 16, I believe it is, he says, You are the light of the world. Now when I puzzled through this passage, it it came to me, why did John include John the Baptist in this great theological treatise? Well, because I think he wants us to be feeling like we're included in it too. So when he comes to the second paragraph here, he says, uh, let's see where, let me get my, oh, I turned to the wrong one. And back to this one. He says, "There came a man sent from God, whose name was John." Now, somehow, we have to figure out how to put our name in that place. John the Baptist was unique, right? I mean, he's, he had a special birth. Remember, his father went into the temple, and the angel came and said, you're, you're going to have, even though you're in old age, you're going to have a baby. And, and uh, when Mary came to see her relative, Elizabeth, uh, who was pregnant with John, and Jesus, was, it was in Mary, uh, that it said, Scripture says John leapt with joy at the, at the hearing of, of Mary's voice. So, so it, was, it was a very unique thing about who John was, right? You're not like that, are you? Are you? Are you like that? What is your story? I think we need to all think about that uniqueness of our life. The uniqueness of our life is best described to us in a passage like Psalm 139, where in Psalm 139 it says, God was a part of your conception, and God knit you together in your mother's womb. You have a unique birth as well. You have a unique birth because it is the work of God. You are the work of God. Now, not only are you the work of God, but the scripture goes on to tell us something about John and we need to understand this. He came as a witness to testify about the light. What is our job? What does Matthew 28 say our job is? We're to go and make disciples, right? Who Who is on, who is, who is to go and make disciples. Only the pastors, only the staff members, only the deacons, or who? I'm listening. We all are, all right. And so, even though John was unique in some ways, we follow the model that John has given to us. We have the opportunity to be a witness to the light. Now, if you look in your scriptures, if you're looking at that passage, you'll see the word light is capitalized. And so what John is saying to us, John the disciple is saying to us, is that Jesus is, takes on the character of light. Now, what does light do in this world? It pushes away darkness, right? And so when Jesus is the light, Jesus came into this world to push away the darkness of sin. He came to give us an opportunity to understand and know the power of His love as he expressed it most fully as he died on Calvary's cross. But we understand that there is a great power that is also available to us. Uh, This morning, I taught the Sunday School lesson and it was about Moses. I know some of you had this. And uh, it's part of that passage in Exodus 4, it says, God said to Moses, Moses is saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. And God said to Moses, what you got in your hand? And Moses said, well, it's just my staff. And God said, throw your staff down. I remember H.S. right here singing that song. Some of you remember H.S. doing that song? Yeah, and he he would throw down the rod. But in the story in Exodus 4, God said to Moses, after it became a hissing snake, as H.S. would sing, pick it up. Now, I grew up a little part of my life in the country, and and I knew... to be careful about where you stepped and where you walked. And you better be careful about those things too. Uh, but God said to Moses then something very unique. He says, pick him up by the tail. Now, have you ever seen a rattlesnake? It's a pretty scary deal. Would, would you reach down and take up a rattlesnake by his tail? How many said yes? How many said yes? Show of hands. But God said, to Moses. God says to us, I am powerful. I can demonstrate my power in something as simple as whatever you have in your hand. Now each of us is unique in that kind of way. John was unique in that kind of way, but each of us has the opportunity to first of all be a witness to the light. A witness to the light. The light is that which is in us because Jesus Christ has entered into our hearts. Now, in a group like this, there may be some people here who've never actually made that step of faith, who've allowed the Spirit of God to pull in their heart the strings of love, and that that heart could be opened then to receive the grace which is provided freely through the love of Jesus Christ. If you've never received that grace, then today is your unique unique opportunity to say, as it was for John, as it was for these people around me, it can be for me. And I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. And I want him to show me how he can use me to be a witness to the light which he wants to give me freely. That's a powerful thing, a powerful time for us. But each of us have that opportunity. Those of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have that unique opportunity to understand and know that thing which God, which only God can do, can do in our life. And he said he did that because he was not the light, but he was just a witness of the light. We have, as believers, we have to be careful with the issue of pride because some of us who have been believers for a long time can, think we're pretty good because we've been believers for a long time. But, but that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that we are to have a tender heart. One of the things about John was that he was humble. I told David this morning, thank you for singing that first song. And he said, okay, what, what is that? He, he didn't realize I was going to talk about John the Baptist being Elijah. Jesus says that John the Baptist was Elijah. And we sang about Elijah this morning. And I hope you remember those words because those... That first verse was very important about applying this specific truth to our lives. But when the Pharisees came, and if you go to Matthew's uh, telling of this story, then the Pharisees are gonna come and they're gonna say, are you him? And he's gonna say, no, I'm not him. These he's, are you Elijah, or one of the prophets? And John is gonna say, no, I'm not one of those. Now, we know Jesus said he was, so he was really that the Elijah that was preparing the way of the Lord but John was humble. And we have to be careful as believers that we don't fall into a kind of pride which says we have something that's ours because it's not. It's God in us. It's the power of love in us and so John was humble in that way. know, We know that Jesus was humble in that way not long ago on Wednesday night we were studying Philippians chapter 2, and in Philippians chapter 2 it says that Jesus didn't grasp a hold of his, his divinity when he came into this earth. The Christmas story, Jesus came to be a man among the men of this world. He came in that way, and, and because he came in that way, he came as a humble person. Jesus was humbled. He gave himself to the lowly, he gave himself to those things which were less than what could be demanded by the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, as this passage has told us. The world hangs together because of his, his grace in this world. It's because of those things that we, that Jesus could have demanded his kingly rights, uh, but he didn't, Paul tells us that he was humble, even to humbling himself to death and even a death on the cross. And so, when that thing of pride rises up into us, as believers, we need to come and understand that as we have models here, we have the model of Jesus who humbled himself. We have the model of John the Baptist who humbled himself. And it's because of that there was an integrity in what they had to say. Now, people came to Jesus because Jesus was doing miracles. Uh, people came to Jesus because Jesus gave great teachings. But we have the opportunity to express who that Jesus was in our daily life. And and we have to have the integrity that John the Baptist has in this passage and in other parts of the scripture which teaches about John. But John was not perfect either, right? Later on, John's going to get scared. Uh, if you were in a dungeon chained to a wall somewhere, would you be scared? <laughs> John got a little scared. And, uh, and he sent his disciples back to Jesus and now, and was I right? Are you the one? <laughs> I want to make sure, because they're fixing to do something bad to me. And, and, and Jesus said to John, well, just tell him what we're doing. And And at that point, Jesus was healing and doing all those miracles. And when they went back and told John that, I'm sure that John then had confidence that what he had said in this passage about who Jesus was, was true. Now in our life, there are times in which we may get scared. We may say, well, I could tell somebody about Jesus, but, but I'm, I'm afraid. Well, what do we do when we get like that? What do we do when we, when we fail to witness? What do we do when we have a failure in our opportunity to witness? Well, I, I think we have to do what the scripture says here we have to come back and understand the reality of who Jesus is. When we understand the reality of who Jesus is, then there is, as the disciples had in Acts uh, 2 and in Acts 4, there was a kind of boldness the scripture says they had. Because they knew and understood the reality of Jesus. Now John gets to the Christmas story. Y'all know John doesn't do the narration of the Christmas story like Luke and like Matthew do, but but he gets to that in verse 14. Verse 14 is a, is a key understanding for us about those things. And it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, that, that, that's a very interesting way of saying that. Because that, that, that concept there, and that word where it says the Word became flesh, I looked that Word up. What did it mean that He became flesh? What it means is that he became something he wasn't before. Before he was in glory, that's what it says, glory to glory. But he humbled himself and he became something that he wasn't before. Now, here's the great part of that. What he became in this passage where it says he became flesh, he still is today. The scripture tells us in a number of places, like 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, Acts 1, that, that Jesus is still in the flesh and he will come in the flesh to receive us to be with him one day. May it be today. Praise God, it might be today. But we have to understand that he still is in the flesh so that he can still have a heart which is tender to us. No. When we fail, when we fail to be obedient, when we fail to do those things which God has called us to do, then He can come and He can give us encouragement by His Spirit. He understands our weakness because He still is in the flesh. Now, He is glorified. His flesh is not like our flesh. He is glorified, but He still has that nature that John tells us about here. Don't miss that point. Jesus became like us so that he might understand our hearts, our lives, our circumstances. And when he understands those things, he responds to us. In our Sunday school lesson this morning, I, I, we, we talked about the fact that, that when Moses saw the burning bush, it says he turned away from where he was going to go and look and see what that was. He was, he was there was a spiritual curiosity about that. And what, happens, what happened to, to Moses was, Uh, when he turned and went away, it says God was watching him. Now, when John was seeking to to be obedient to God and proclaim the good news about who was coming, the Messiah was coming, uh, God was watching that, and God honored John in that. In fact, later on, Jesus is going to say there was nobody born of woman superior to John. That's pretty good praise from the Lord Jesus. But we we can go into that we can go into that model. We can go into that time. We can understand that. So what happened? Romans one, Paul tells us in Romans one what happened. Um, in beginning uh, in Romans one at about verse nineteen. Uh, he talks about those who are ungodly in the suppressing things, and he says, because that which is known about God is evident to, within them. For God made it evident to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what is made, has been made, so that they are without excuse. We call that common grace. God has revealed to the world who He is. Something about His nature, His character, in the creation itself. But that was brought down to a very specific point here in verse 14. That, that revelation of who God is in His very nature came down to a very specific point. Jesus came into this earth and took on flesh. He became as we are. He took on flesh. He was born of a mother just like we were born of a mother. Uh, He had a unique uh, conception by the Holy Spirit. But like I said a while ago, if you go back into Psalm 139, our conception is pretty pretty unique too, that that God would choose uh, to develop us into the people that we are. In January, we always have what we call sanctity of lifetime, and so we need to understand that sanctity of life is because of the creation work of God in the lives of individual people, men and women, who come together and make make uh, the, the the child who is who is knit together in the very image of God. So when we come to these things, we 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 have to say. That, that there is a unique closing that John puts here at the end of this section. Um, uh, in verse 18 he says, no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God, who is, the, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained Him. Uh, some of you understand about uh, when you have a young child maybe not such a young child, when you just grab them and hold them and put them close to you and, 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 you, and you just feel that connection between you and that child, you, you and that loved one, and you hold them and and uh, uh, the way it's said here is is that Jesus was held in unique closeness to the Father. The Trinity is a, mysterious thing to us but the scripture says it is true that there is a unique relationship he was the begotten of the father and yet he's not created Uh, and but there there is this unique closeness between Jesus and the father it it, it, the picture here is that he is held into the arms he is held against the chest of the father There is that unique closeness. Now, John says to us, understand that unique closeness of God because it explains something about who God is. It explains something about who God wants to be in relationship with us. Jesus Christ is God's explanation of his love. How do we know that God loves us? Well, we study Jesus Christ. How do we know that God cares for us? Well, we see a compassionate savior. How do we know that God hears our prayers? Well, we see Jesus praying to the Father himself for us. And even today, he intercedes for us in the home, in the Father. So in 2019, what are we to do with this? Or, or maybe today, we don't have to wait until Tuesday. Uh, but what are we to do with this? We are. I, th- I think our challenge is spiritual self-examination. Self-examination is a pretty tricky thing uh, because our mind is powerful. It teaches us to believe what we want to believe about ourselves. And so uh, uh, over in the uh, Gospels, uh, or over in uh, First Peter, I believe it is. Or, no, it's James. James says, um, Look into the mirror of the scriptures to see a reflection of who you really are. Don't forget it, he says, don't forget it. But, but there is an opportunity to, for us to uh, evaluate ourselves, not based on how we think we're doing, not based on how we think our family thinks we're doing, not based on how our neighbors think we're doing or not doing, but based on what God says in his word. And what God says in his word is pure and true. It is the real light. That's the word that Jesus says. We're to be that light uh, to reflect the true light, which is Jesus Christ. So, you know, a good sermon is supposed to have three points. I only got two. So, here, this is not good. All right, so here's the here's the two points I want you to take home with you. First of all, are you sent from God? Do you have that feeling that you are sent from God. Do you believe you can put your name in Matthew 28 and say, I'm the disciple who goes and makes disciples, teaching them to observe or whatever God's word has said? We, if we're going to make those adjustments in our life, fundamentally we have to come back to that place where we say, I'm the one, like John, that God is sending where is he going to send you? Pastor Joshua has been praying that God would send some of you, some of us, out into the whole world. That, that God's, God's sending work would not just include our neighbors, or our city, our state, or even our nation. But, but that God's sending might come into our lives of our members of our church and that some might be sent even to the ends of the earth. You know, God can do that. He did it to me one time, so I know he can do it. Um, we, and we have to have, what, what John had, when we read about John in the other Gospels, is that uh, John had a clear message. Uh, now, we can't emulate uh, John, I don't think, with the camel hair and the leather belt and eating locusts and wild honey. Maybe some, I like honey, but I'm not sure about bugs. Uh, but when, uh, when, we, when we think about what God has asked us to do, we need to make sure we have a clear message. John had a clear message. John's clear message begins where our clear message must begin. And if you go and read in like Matthew 3.1, it says, He went around and he said, first of all, repent. Those who, people who are trapped in a life of sin... Everybody who's not a person of faith in Jesus Christ is trapped in sin. Romans 5, 6 tells us that, that we're slaves to our bodies. And the only hope we have is to become a slave to the righteousness of Christ. So we have that, we have that clear message that, we, that begins with the idea that those who are without faith in Jesus Christ must first of all repent. They must turn away from the life of pleasing themselves to a life in which they seek to please God, and um, what that what what begins what what comes after that is that in in a in a special kind of way we we turn our attention away from the things of this world and we turn our attention to the things of God primarily in the Scriptures. That, that's the reason Ashley River is known as a Sunday school church. It's because week by week, age by age, year by year, now generation by generation, Ashley River has been a place where the word of God has been taught. Because the Scriptures tells us about itself that that is the important thing. The important thing is that we have a clear understanding of the scripture. And you might say, well, I don't. Have a, have a good, I don't, I'm not like some people uh, who, who really know a lot about the Bible. Uh, shame on you if you say that. <laughs> if you've been to church, if you've been to Sunday school, if you've been to Bible school, if you've been to all of those uh, sermons that you listen to on TV or on the internet or wherever you hear the word of God preached or proclaimed or taught, and you say, I don't know, then shame on you. Because then you need to humble yourself. John humbled himself. You need to humble yourself and said, "said God, I put that stuff in my head. I put all those lessons, I put all those stories that I learned from the preschool, I put them into my head. Now, God, here's what I want you to do. Help me by your spirit, put them in my heart. Take them from my head. Take that knowledge that I have about the scripture. You may say, well, I don't know enough. Well, how much do you need to know other than First of all, you repent, and then you put your faith in Jesus Christ. But we know a lot more than that. But that is a clear message that we have, but it has to go from our head to our heart. Because it's out of the heart, Jesus says, that the mouth speaks. The reality of what you're able to say to people is something that is not just what's in your thinking, but it's what's coming out of your heart relationship. John says that Jesus was close to the Father, as though he were being held close to him in his chest. He had his arms around him, holding him close to him. And and that's the position God wants you to take. He wants you to be close to him. He wants you you to feel like he's put his arms around you. He's held you close in his love. And the warmth of his heart, the warmth of his care for you is a gift, which he wants to continue to give to you over and over and on and on in your life. In 2019, that's a potential for you. And it doesn't matter where you are. You may say, well, I'm not far enough alone. Well, that's okay. Just go further. Uh, study the scripture more diligently. Listen to the pastor's messages more to get, to give that to give that clear message. And then humble yourself so that you can allow the spirit to say, speak to that neighbor. Speak to that family member. Go to this person, or go to that place, and I will use you. I will use you. God said to Moses, use what's in your hand. And God would say to us, use what's in your hand today. But more than that, use what's in your heart. Use what's in your heart. And ask God to warm your heart to the word of his love. Would you join me as we pray? Father, in this place there are people whose hearts are not warmed by your love. This morning we pray that your word would be clearly spoken by your spirit into their very heart so that they might receive that love and grace that you have for them. It is an amazing love. It is an amazing grace. It is a glory to you that people would make that response. But for some of us, We've been around for a long, long time, and, and yet we haven't really had that warmth of your love in us that would cause us to shine the light of Jesus Christ's love into this world. We want to shine the light of Jesus' love into this world, for that is his purpose. It is his special uh, revelation in the, in the Scripture. that He loved the whole world. The Father loved the whole world so much that He sent his one unique beloved son so that we might have a clear explanation of that love. We pray that we might grow in our understanding of that explanation and that we might be generous with the grace of Jesus Christ, with those who have no hope because they have no Jesus, just as he was with us. Teach us that by your spirit. And we ask for it in that name which is above every name, the name at which every knee will bow in heaven and earth, Jesus Christ, the reigning and living Savior. Amen. So now you're going to have an opportunity to respond. And as you have an opportunity to respond, as the Spirit moves you and leads you, you may want to speak to somebody here or speak to one of us, especially if you are seeking to know about Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So join us as we sing this song.